Welcome back, everybody, to the SCB Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. We, uh, again, I've alluded to it, but we're very proud to be part of the Pigskin Podcast Network as well. You'll be hearing more about that in the coming weeks um, as we make some transitions over to some different uh, types of, of things for you. But uh, anyway, tonight, uh, we've got a lot of things to cover, actually. Tonight. Uh, tonight. I know, yeah, I'm not going to try to sing. Um, we, uh, what's that? Oh, I thought somebody said something. Anyway, um, we've got some cuts to cover. We've got, uh, an injury to a star wide receiver. We've got the trade for, uh, Joe Schobert this week. We've got Stefan to uh, restructuring his deal. What does all that mean? Plus the ups and the downs who, who needs to play well this week and who's safe and all that other stuff. And, um ben and ian are here and i really don't care because ellie is here and that's what i care about <laughs> um we we have uh ellie has had a very very busy summer and um i'm glad mm-hmm. she can join us and um are, are things starting to settle down for you ellie a little bit um sort of middle of middle ground we're getting a little bit it's still mm-hmm. busier than it's ever been but less in comparison to what it's been like this summer, um, a little bit less. It's winding down just a little bit, enough that I get some like breathing room. Well, and that's a great way to put it. I was going to ask you, are you able to breathe? Because I know last time we we talked, it was just crazy. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a little bit less hectic. Yeah, well, that is great. And um, I know you're just getting home. So you did you have a chance to grab a beverage yet? I actually had a beverage before. I, oh. I left, so I'm, oh, I'm, 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 I'm I've had my, I've had my beverage. At what for once, I've actually part of the drinking team. And what, um, w- what did you have tonight? I had, we have this local winery, um, this local vineyard near where I live called Lake Ridge, and they do okay. a really good red wine. So that's why I had. Very nice. Okay, yeah. and uh, you two uh, galoots, uh, welcome to the show, Ian and Ben. Uh, Ian, there's a tragedy unfolding at your home. We understand your uh, keg is empty. My um, keg is empty. Yes, we, we need to write that wrong immediately. But uh, what are you <laughs> drinking tonight? I'm drinking some of Terry Bradshaw's finest batch number two. All right. Same here. Just cracked it open tonight. Same here. Uh, and it is and, delicious. Oh, Terry Bradshaw makes some damn good bourbon. I'll tell you, you what. You peasants have to drink batch number two. Uh, well... Some of us have already been through number one. <laughs> uh, yeah, ben, what are you drinking tonight? Hmm. I have a, a bottle of batch number two that's uncracked, and I have a bottle of batch number one that's uncracked, and uh, I'm drinking Calumet Farms tonight because nice. it's the preseason, guys. It's practice. <laughs> We're talking about practice here. <laughs> Calumet, that, that sounds a little bit like Boone's Farm. I'm guessing it's a better no, thing. sir. It is, yeah. it is delicious Kentucky okay. bourbon. Oh, very nice. Well, I'm glad to see we are all imbibing this evening because, well, it's summer. Um, anyway, so a couple of quick current event type things, and then um, I, I do want to get uh, Ellie's thoughts on Troy Polamalu. Um, of course, if you didn't already know, listeners, she is his number one fan. Um, <laughs> like like right up there a little bit with um, Kathy Bates in the Stephen King movie. Um uh, you know, if you've ever if you've ever seen that before, misery, really close to that, not quite, but close. Uh, the the Steelers did uh, release five guys today. They had to cut down from ninety to eighty five today um, uh, by four p.m. And then next week at this time, they'll have to cut another five. And and today there was nothing of a shocking variety, which there usually isn't in that first round. Uh, wide receiver Isaiah McCoy. Um, tackle uh, Brandon Walton. Uh, let's see. Defensive tackle Abdullah Anderson. Defensive back Stephen Denmark. And the real stunner, if there was one, and I know uh, both Ben and Ian were, were uh, very caught off guard by this, uh, kicker Sam Sloman um, was released uh, today. Poor guy. Uh, yeah. Uh, you guys doing okay? I, I, I know you thought he had a shot. Ben was distraught on Twitter. <laughs> it was. I mean, I, I had to come up with some reason to overreact. Well, it's Steelers cuts. Steelers cuts, yes. Let's find something to overreact. Sloman uh, was basically, I had no chance in hell to begin with um, and didn't really do himself any favors in that opener, and it just kind of snowballed from there. 
And uh, nice young man. Wish him well. But uh, I think Chris Boswell's job is safe. Um, and then much bigger than that, of course, was there was an injury today uh, at practice at Heinz Field. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Claypool, Chase Claypool, uh, injured an ankle. Very uh, popular picture going around taken by Matt Freed, who does a great job uh, of Big Ben and Ebron uh, helping him off the field. Our understanding, and I'll, I'll let you guys fill in here, is that it's not serious. Um, and I believe he tweeted a short time ago, all is well. Um, now isn't that what Kevin Bacon's character says in animal house as he's getting trampled, um, all is well, because that scares me, um, because all wasn't well, but in any case, uh, Ian, what are we hearing on Chase Claypool? Yeah. I mean, he kind of came down awkwardly on his ankle and got, you know, there's a little bit of a scare when he got helped off the field and, Mm -hmm. you know, reporters and folks in the stands aren't allowed aren't aren't supposed to you know take many pictures or videos from practice so um you know they're when you're just seeing people tweet about it you your mind kind of goes all over the place of you know this could be really bad it could be a some kind of knee injury some kind of ankle injury but it seems like seems like it's going to be short term we're probably not going to see him the rest of the preseason but as long as he can go week one we should be okay yeah, and Ben, that's what I was going to ask you. Is is this something where you just say, okay, Claypool, you're down for the next uh, two games? Uh, I mean, is, depending, is... but there are no, only two yeah. weeks left. So, yeah, right. in all likelihood, I mean, it's right. probably, you know, he couldn't put – he didn't want to put weight on it. I don't know if he couldn't, if he was physically incapable mm-hmm. or if they were just, you know, taking precautions and walking him off the field. But it's probably his MCL. I'm speculating, you know, based okay. upon what I heard – I'm totally speculating because there's not even video of the, of, of how he heard it. There's just video of him walking off the field at this point. Um, yeah. But, you know, hyperextended it or, or, you know, tweaked his MCL or something. But the news out of the Steelers organization is that it's not a serious injury. So, yeah. Yeah. In all likelihood, you're not going to see him until at least week one, maybe later. And this is why James Washington was never going to be cut. Never, excuse me, never be cut, never be traded. He was never going to be traded because when no. you've got that kind of depth and you have a guy like James Washington on your team who's a good person and mm-hmm. isn't going to make a stink, a la a guy who formerly wore 84 mm-hmm. for the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, drawing a blank. if it's not going to be a huge problem, you just hold him to his contract and you say, James, we want you to be here. We appreciate you. And, you know, you're a good player. We don't want to let you go. Mm-hmm. I, I, I agree. And I, I'm glad they haven't, at least at this time. I mean, for all, for all we know, they had a deal in place and then Claypool goes down and it's like, oh, geez, we're not trading him. But there's never been anything suggested that that was the case. And I'm glad that he's there. Um, as we've said many times on this show, if he were on any other roster, he would be an easy number two uh, or three receiver. Right. And it just so happens he's on a really deep uh, uh, group of receivers in a, in a deep group of receivers. So um, yeah, it, it does lend uh, to the fact that it is important to have depth and you don't just, you know, start trading people because they're, they're maybe not happy, you know, good lesson for that. Um, Ellie, when, when you see an injury to somebody, especially in the preseason, I mean, I know obviously it's like, you know, not cool or anything, but Mm -hmm. do, do you try your best to get a little more information on it? Or have you found yourself in the past, like in a rush to judgment, like, Oh no, we can't lose this guy type thing. Um, that's a good question. I think with, the, with preseason, you know, it's these are the moments where, particularly if it happens in games, and I don't know if you remember, but didn't he have a funny moment during the Hall of Fame game? Did he get he did. winded or he, he came down funny? He came and down I definitely funny. remember yes. saying, I remember saying in that situation, like, this is when I find preseason, this is the dangerous side of preseason. I do see the pros to um, working out with teams, seeing how mm-hmm. people are developing and also the, um, uh, how the relationship between players and if it's all working out but uh, this is one of those moments where you think well the preseason is like risky in a way so um, yeah this is definitely one of those moments where you're like please not before he's even made it to the first game 
But then, of course, we saw last year when Zach Banner went down in the first game. What's mm-hmm. really the difference? Not much. At least if, it, if he has an injury in preseason, he has a little more time to come back. So hopefully it's nothing serious. But if it's something that requires some time off, we might see him week two, three or four as opposed mm-hmm. to seven, eight or not at all. So hopefully it's nothing serious. But if it is, he has some time at least. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think we would have known by now if it was something serious. He yeah. doesn't seem to think it's serious either, so we're just going to leave it at that. Um, if, if it is his MCL, you know, you're probably looking at four weeks, which would would have him coming back yeah. week three. Um, yeah, exactly. So not the end of the more, world. Are, yeah, exactly. Have they said it's his knee? Because I initially thought it was his ankle, left knee. Yeah, left knee. Okay. Yes. All right. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that I does... thought it was the ankle too. Okay. Um, yeah, so let me, uh, um, Ellie, we, we've been dying to get your thoughts for the last three weeks here. Um, it was, it was definitely a big couple of days for the Pittsburgh Steelers in Canton, Ohio at the pro football Mm -hmm. hall of fame. And, uh, anybody that listens to this show and and knows you on social media knows that you, um, are a huge Troy Palomalu fan. Um, we've discussed our thoughts on it but um we have been uh, re- really wanting to get yours and and you know what what was going through your mind while you were kind of watching not just the speech but but just you know when they were kind of showing him before he came out yeah. um, he was practicing his lines i mean what was going through your mind i think one of the things that was going through my mind was I wonder, actually, it was some, I was wondering what was going through, not just his, but the minds of all of these people who are being celebrated that day. Like, Mm -hmm. do they realize the, do they know the impact their career has had on other people, on the fans, on their teammates? Because this is the pinnacle. This is the moment that every NFL player should maybe be working towards. And the few are the ones that are able to, to get to this point and it's such an honor and a privilege and and i i felt i just felt very i don't even know really the words but mm-hmm. i just i thought that this was like that final moment where it was like this is exactly what i always wanted to be able to say like my favorite player is the hall of famer troy polamalu and now i can <laughs> finally say that like i feel like that's such a cool thing to be able to say and such a cool moment and it was a, a wonderful speech i thought he was so well spoken and he took his hair down and he spoke about not just his teammates but his coaches about what it means to be a pittsburgh Steeler. and i really that really resonated i i hope that anybody who plays for pittsburgh from today until forever thinks about the way he spoke about it because it was i thought really poignant and so well said about if you want to know if you are good enough it's when the Mm -hmm. people that played before you said you could play with us that must be such a that's what you want to hear as an athlete that people that came before you think that you could play alongside them and and be worthy of their time time on the field I just think it was that that gave me chills too it did yeah and I think the camera was on I think the camera was on Franco Harris when that yeah kind of moment happened and uh, yeah, I mean, what what an absolute feeling to be told by those guys that you know you could have played with us. Um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, just incredible. Um, what what did you take from uh, the moment where he was addressing his his wife and kids, and and it, it, it almost looked to me like he he was relieved that this was finally here. Um, and and it almost looked like on his wife Theodora's face as though she was relieved too, um, because yeah. a football career is very very difficult on a family, um, yeah. especially especially if you're a guy that moves around a lot. Troy obviously mm-hmm. did not play his entire career in Pittsburgh, but uh, what were you what were you thinking at that moment? I from what I've read up on and I've read the, his book the book that was written recently um, mm-hmm. about him and I've you know I from what I've read in interviews and stuff, I know that it was difficult for his family because he was suffering a lot of head injuries um, Mm. and that was concerning for them. And I kind of felt a little bit 
that it was almost not an apology, but an under a moment where he was saying to to his wife, like, you know, it is over. We're all, you know, this is it now, and it's all good, and and we've made it, and I'm still here, and you know, and it was it was kind of that closing chapter for them and I did think it was beautiful when he said to his sons the greatest thing I could do for you is love your mother and I think I definitely I think that more if the world asked the question what would Troy Polamalu do the world would be a much nicer place and I <laughs> firmly believe that <laughs> that's that's a you know that that should go on a t-shirt um yeah. guys we need to talk to dan uh yeah DC actually a really good idea that, that would, would be troy a great <laughs> what would troy do uh because i think there are millions of people who would follow exactly that advice yeah uh wow wow well you know it, it was he was great and of course coach cower was great and alan fanica yes. and, and and so many of those guys were were really good not just the steeler guys but um you know i i I remember when Terry Bradshaw went in, I remember the, the Jack Lambert speech and, and of course, Bettis and everything else. And mm -hmm. I, I think, uh, and, and, you know, Ian and Ben, you can chime in here, but I, I think um, his words will probably go up somewhere in, in Heinz field uh, talking about what it meant to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. Mm -hmm. You know, Ian, do you think that'll happen? Yeah. I mean, before every game they play that, quote from joe green saying you know if you're not at the you know if you're not at the game on sunday at one o'clock you're in the wrong place so i, I, yeah. I mean troy's quote's got to go right alongside that i mean I, that's yeah. yeah that's that's where i'd put it yeah yeah I agree. I, yep it was it was just that good and and i i honestly didn't really expect it i i i was not surprised at all by his um tremendous speaking ability the, the way he connected i wasn't surprised by any of that um but just that whole little piece was was a little surprising to me and, and i actually agree i i, I really yeah. i thought that it was a very much i was not that i wasn't expecting him to say a lot about being a stealer mm -hmm. because that was where he played his whole career but he really honed in on the stealers way and and what it means truly and i really like i was fascinated by it and to hear it it i don't know of course i'm only a fan of one team so i can't really say this of any Right. surety but there's definitely moments when players say things like that and i think to myself i don't know if any other team has this like this true deep understanding of the, you are part of something bigger than yourself when you step onto that field like being a pittsburgh Steeler is something huge and i felt that that's what his speech was saying to me and i remember afterwards i saw a tweet from someone i don't remember who said it so hopefully they don't mind mm -hmm. saying this they said when people say how steelers fans are always living in the past and they're always talking about their <laughs> previous wins he said look at look at canton ohio this weekend and tell me you wouldn't want to live in the past too and it is so true like it's so great. rich and tremendous the history of this team and and every year the hall of fame feels like it pays homage to the pittsburgh steelers like it really feels like we have our own we should have our own wing there right now <laughs> i think technically we do <laughs> yeah we do <laughs> Oh yeah, that's that's great stuff, and um, you know I, I'm really glad you jumped on with us tonight. And yeah, um, thank you. And and I know you'll be you'll be catching up with stuff, and and you know the season's right around the corner, and we got mm -hmm. this whole new format and everything coming. So we yes. uh, we look very forward to having you back on. Me too. Thank you so much. You got it. Take care, Ellie. We'll talk to you real soon. You too, you guys. All right, let me get off this thing. <laughs> I don't actually know how to leave. Oh, I found it. Okay. Okay. I'm okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> <Bye. laughs> Good night. Good night. All right. Um, that needs to be the new closing audio at the end of the show. I don't know how to get off this thing. How do I close? <laughs> that was great. Uh, just a reminder real quick that uh, the podcast is sponsored uh, by Deck Roofing Incorporated, uh, serving Broward in the southern Palm Beach counties of Florida, whether commercial, <sighs> residential, multi-family, or condos, contact Deck Roofing today at deckroofing.com. Uh, guys, it's been a busy few days. Holy cow. Um, let's catch up with the Joe Schobert stuff. Um, this was unfolding in the middle of the Steelers' uh, game against Philadelphia uh, on Thursday night. 
And um, Ian, your your quick reaction as this stuff started happening, uh, what was it? So I'll say my reaction in the moment was that I didn't know it was happening because we had a big storm roll through here. Our power was out. So I was recording the game thankfully i have like streaming tv now and not regular cable that records on a box so it records in the cloud so i knew i'd be able to watch it later um and then i got an alert on my phone like from espn that said steelers trade for joe schobert i was like whoa that's like he's a really really good player um and then i went back and watched the game and on the the first defensive drive of you know the, the local broadcast Bob Papiani and Charlie Batch are talking about, oh, you know, uh, Robert Spillane, when he's starting, he's going to be able to do this, this, and this that Vince Williams did. And then, like, literally the Steelers go on offense. And they're like, well, we've got some breaking news here. The Steelers are trading for <laughs> Joe Schubert. So I was like, man, like, for the people in the Pittsburgh area that had power that were able to watch the game live when it happened, that, that must have been a crazy turn of events. But kind of all happened after the fact for me. But I'm really excited i mean schobert's a a really darn good player yeah i agree and uh please say hello to is that maggie that's still up tonight it is yes oh boy i tell you she she's she might be your night owl i'm telling you um ben what uh what's your overall take on this move well schobert came out the day that that he reported to camp and said you know told the press that he was told that he will eventually have the green dot and call the plays, which basically would imply that he's going to be moved to Mac and that Bush is going to be moved to, to the buck, mm-hmm. which is a little bit of a surprise given the fact that the Steelers moved all the way up to the 10th pick to take Bush because he was smart and he was fast and he could mm-hmm. cover and he had sideline to sideline speed. And he was that guy they wanted. But Ben, if you look at it from the other standpoint, stopping the run is definitely not Schobert's forte. He's no. a coverage backer. Mm-hmm. He's a coverage guy. I mean, he he's a good open field tackler, but he's not a guy who fills the hole. He's not. He's not even Robert Splain. No, from that he's standpoint. Not. No. So basically, they're taking the two guys they've got. You know, and and Tomlin has alluded to this before. When you have red paint, you, you paint the barn red. Mm-hmm. And and that's what they're doing. Um, I don't think that means that Bush is going to come off the field all the time on third down. But, you know, if in fact this does happen and Schobert learns the defense well enough and he's calling the plays, mm-hmm. he's going to be out there a lot. A lot. Uh, he, he may outsnap Bush, depending, depending. You know, you've also got two backers who can cover. Yeah. Who can cover competently, better than competently. You know, Schobert's even better at it than Bush in coverage. He really is. Um, and you've got Bush, who's an excellent blitzer. Schobert's really not. Again, he's a good mm-hmm. open field tackler. He's got pretty good sideline to sideline speed. He's got an eye for the ball. He yeah, tends smart to, player. Yeah, he tends to to create turnovers, which is fantastic. That's a guy you want, you know, on your defensive backfield. But it does something different to the defense it it increases the versatility and it makes it more difficult to throw on that team or to to run sweeps Mm -hmm. to run to the outside because you got two linebackers that can run so yeah it's a great trade yeah here's something else that was struck me as a little bit odd the jaguars claimed that the steelers called them on Mm -hmm. thursday and called them yeah. And that they were very aggressive in trying to get the trade done. Well, it doesn't add up. I mean, think about this. The Steelers okay. traded traded a sixth-round pick. Oh, and we'll take this guy if you pay half of his <laughs> compensation this year, $3.65 million. So it's just like, why? Are you kidding me? So they were super aggressive, and you guys drove a really hard bargain. Okay. Yeah, forgive the analogy, but it, it's almost – it's almost like the guy that steals your girlfriend and then also steals your next two girlfriends as well. No, you know? he, stole, he stole your girlfriend and he, he took your, <laughs> the case of beer you had in the yeah. fridge in the garage. It's just, right. I mean, it's I, just I, like, I, are you, are you kidding me? Uh, and then, yeah. and then you said, yeah, well I got one over on him because I, I didn't like her anyway. Are you kidding me? Right. I, I just, I don't know. I, 
I I look at that and I was a little bit baffled by it. Um, that you know, that that really was all of it. I uh, they did convert, yes, the maximum amount of money they could on his deal. I think it was two point three six million to uh, a signing bonus, which creates uh, another one point seven seven in bonus proration if they cut him next season, uh, which is nothing in the mm-hmm. grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. So if he doesn't fit next year. They can send him on his way, either cutting him or trading him. And, you know, for all we know, the Browns may pick him up for a fifth. (laughs) (laughs) One other thing Uh, I'll add, too, is that, you know, Ben was talking about the the distinction between Buck and Mac linebackers. You know, we talked a lot coming up in advance of the draft about how, you know, Tampa basically had two run and cover linebackers in Levante David and Devin White and Mm -hmm. how good and versatile they were able to be with covering running backs and tight ends and how that might behoove us to look into athletic linebackers in the draft. And we got Buddy Johnson later in the draft, but yeah. this this gives us the opportunity to do that, that Buck and Mac may not matter quite as much. It might just be kind of whatever the coverage is mixing and matching because you have two guys that can both do that kind of thing. And, and, and Ian, real quick, just, just kind of define Mac and Buck. So some listeners might not be aware of what that means. Yeah, it's it's backwards of how you think it is. Right. Um, <laughs> the, the Ben can correct me if I'm wrong here because I always mix them up too. But the 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 Mac is the run and cover guy, and the Buck is the the slammer, basically. The, that's that's you know, dead on the run yeah, stopper. Buck, yeah, but Buck is the is the Vince Williams, uh, and the the Mac is the run and cover right. guy, which doesn't make sense because you would think Buck run like a deer and Mac hit like a truck, but it's exactly. the other way around. Yeah, 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 yeah I, I agree. Know, Maggie, it's confusing. Completely agree. Very confusing. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, one I, other one other impact of this. Yeah, um, I, I think that unless Marcus Allen can still play safety, his days are numbered. Mm-hmm. He's done. Him and um, Ulysses Gilbert. I don't think Gilbert makes this team. Uh, I, yeah, you think not the think not four, the fifty three would maybe be the enough. practice squad, but not the fifty. Yeah, four would well, be enough. Allen, you've got Buddy, you've got Spillane, and then you've got the two starters. You would think with four young guys it would be enough. You want to keep one or two on the practice squad. I agree with you, especially with that ginormous practice squads they get to have because of COVID. Oh, that's true. Sixteen yeah. players, sixteen players, two of which you can activate. You can go to yeah, 55. Not, that's right. Excuse yeah. me. I mean, I think that the, they haven't kept 10 linebackers in a, a long time. I think they keep nine linebackers. So it's, you know, either four inside, five outside, or four outside, five inside guys. But right. yeah, I, I agree with your your top four. And then the question is really who's your ninth? Because, um, you know, I think, well, we know who the top three outside guys are. And we know who the top four inside guys are. So mm-hmm. it's eight and nine there. Right. I mean, we know what Allen can do. I, I mean, we we've seen it. I think we've seen his best. I, and and what he can do, which is, is not much, not much. No, I. I so I, I agree, with Ben. I I think he's very much numbered. Um, the guy, and, the guy that I really done. hope makes this team is Jameer Jones. I I think he's right oh. there in the bubble, and it's a numbers game. I mean that yep. he looks like he's got all this potential. I hope he's getting as many special teams reps as he possibly can in practice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because that's the only way he's going to make this team. But if he can, if he can somehow latch on, he could develop into a player. I think Quincy Roche makes it. Um, I mm-hmm. really cannot see how they keep Cassius Marsh, but he's still a second-team guy on the depth chart. I don't know how you keep him. Well, I mean, the depth chart doesn't mean a whole lot. Let's not forget Landry Jones was listed as number two on the depth chart up until the day they cut him. So that's true. And, and the other thing that you know. If you're Mike Tomlin and you're going into final cuts, you know you have Ingram sitting there at as your third outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. That gives you a little more comfort in terms of, of what your depth is behind that guy. You don't necessarily need to keep a veteran like Marsh around when you've got mm-hmm. guys behind him that you can develop into long-term players. Jones reminds me of a guy that if we cut him or put him on the practice squad, we're going to regret it. 
that that's he's going to yeah, go somewhere we, and he's going to be we, a player. We say this every year. We, we do say this every single year, and you know those guys don't develop into much. Right. So I'm not. I just don't be smirch Howard Jones like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. Or Ola. Ola. Yeah. yeah. I. You well, know. I'm. Just, I'm all I'm saying is Two skipper. Yeah. All I'm saying is he's intriguing, and I'd like to see yeah, him. Definitely. I'd like to see him develop. I mean, he's. I don't think he's going to beat out Roche for that mm-hmm. next spot, but I, I would like to see him make the team to see what he can do. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm totally with you. Um, I, let's and let's not forget too; they've they've done things in the past where they've guys who they thought couldn't make it through waivers, they've kept on the 53 right. and then moved them to the practice squad before week one after everybody else had already filled their practice squads that they're, you know, a guy like that mm-hmm. may mm-hmm. make the 53, but may not be on the opening day roster. Yeah, you're right. They, and he they, still may get yeah. activated on a couple of game days because they can activate two guys. Right. That's true too. Um. Also kind of lost in the wash a little bit this week um, was Stefan Tuitt restructuring his contract. Um, ben, hit hit the, the main financials here, and, and then we'll we'll get into the ramifications here. What, I, what did they I have the Steelers at about $17.3 million okay. in available cap space. I've read some people say $20 million. I I know. I don't know where yeah. you're doing that math. Um but you know it's it's approximately seventeen and a half million. Let's just call it that. Um, the assumption is that they're creating more space to do the deal with Watt. I'm not sure if that's the case or not. Um, nobody's talking. Nobody ever does. Mm-hmm. Nope. You know, it's hard to to say exactly what the deal is. Um, I will just say this: in order to get Watt, they're going to have to pay him somewhere in excess of the $78 million that Bosa was getting in the first three years of his deal. Mm-hmm. So you're probably talking 80, 85 million for the first three years. That's inclusive of the 10 point, 10.8 he's due this year. So, you know, you're talking about $75 million in a new deal. Um, and for a small market team, it's not easy to come up with that kind of cash. Mm-hmm. I understand it's a difficult negotiation. I really hope they get it done, but you know, I'm, I, I get a little more nervous about it every day. I do. As uh, well. The thing that this does is it gives them enough flexibility to make that deal fit and, and not make it punitive with the mm-hmm. cap hits later on in, in the contract. Uh, you know, I, I would expect the deal if if it were done to come in with an additional five years on top of this year mm-hmm. at about one hundred and forty two and a half million dollars in new money, one hundred and forty two, which is a lot of money. <laughs> so you're, you're talking you're talking six years, one hundred and fifty million dollars, basically mm-hmm. um, 80 or 85 of which is going to be paid in the first three. And, well, you know, it's just because, I mean, honestly, you know, good for him. But yeah. Bosa, Joey Bosa, in my mind, is criminally overpaid. But, mm-hmm. you know, good for him. He got the deal. He got it done. Definitely. Definitely. You know, and and um, Watt is better. And if I were him, I would want more, too. And I would be listening to my agent. And I would show up for, for camp and kind of do this soft holdout that he's doing, you know, where he's there. Right. He's doing drills. He's doing his conditioning. He's doing work. He's just not participating in team drills and he's he's not gonna obviously play in the preseason. No. No. I, I he's going about it the right way. I, I mean I, I think if if there is such a thing, I think it's it's the best way possible. Um and I, I don't blame him uh at all with that much money on the line. Yeah. Um and, and as you said, he's he's deserving. Um you know, I hate when I have a question on the tip of my tongue and then it just completely disappears. Um, I, I think, Ian, what I was probably uh, uh, getting at here is, what, what, like, what is your level of concern if, if he doesn't get signed by the time the season starts? Is, is, is there concern there or is it just, ah, he'll be fine until the season's over? 
I mean, the the concern if he doesn't get signed before the season starts is that he leaves. Right. Um, you know, I I I'm not he's not Levy on Bell. I don't think he's gonna hold out the whole season. I mean, considering mm-hmm. he's you know, this is his fifth year option deal. He's ten million dollars is more than he's made to this point in his career. Um, so I mean the chance to more than double your career earnings, that's not something you pass up on lightly. Um and and the hard point for you know Ben talked about the hard point for the Steelers in this negotiation. The the flip side of that is that you know the Steelers could slap two franchise tags on yeah. Watt after this year, essentially have him for three years. I mean Ben talked about the you know whatever it was eighty five million dollars in the first three years of the deal. I think if you add up the two franchise tags, it probably plus the ten million in change this year, mm-hmm. it probably comes in around fifty five to sixty million dollars. Fifty five, so, yeah, fifty five, fifty five, yeah. yeah. And and so I I think that's probably where the Steelers started. Exactly what you just hit on, Ian. Is they're like, well, wait, if we paid you the ten or eleven this year and we franchise you twice, it's fifty five million dollars, and we're talking eighty five. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I. I but I get, yeah. but the thing is, there's a precedent. Yes, there's a precedent. Can't so if it. if Watts' agent is arguing that he's right, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm. I'm I, this is one of those double-edged swords that both sides are correct. Watts' agent is right based on the market mm-hmm. of you know the elite echelon of pass rushers that he is in, and the Steelers are also. I mean, we're making assumptions here, but would be right financially to say, hey we could pay you $55 million and have you for the next three years. So it's, it's, you know, they're both right. It's just where will they settle and and get something longer than three years done basically. Well, yeah. And I'm not going to ask either one of you to make a prediction just yet. I think I'm going to let this settle out for at least another week, week and a half before we uh, uh, get to any major predictions here. But uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with what Ben said earlier. I start to get a little more concerned each day uh, as this goes on. So, um, okay. Uh, going backwards a little bit to Thursday against the Eagles, uh, pretty ugly opening half and, uh, well, opening quarter, I'll say. And, uh, Dwayne Haskins came in and, uh, led a couple TD drives and the Steelers ultimately get a, a, a victory there in Philly. Um, Ben, where's the quarterback situation at right now behind Ben Roethlisberger as, as you see it? Well, it's kind of hard to judge mm-hmm. because of the level of competition that Haskins has played against. But he's clearly outplayed Mason to this point. The, pr- the problem, again, is it's a very small sample size, mm-hmm. and Mason's playing against starters. And, and with a starting caliber supporting cast, and, you know, then Haskins comes in, and, and he's got the better arm. And he's playing against backups. So it's it's a little more difficult to say, yeah, he outplayed him. Yes, he outproduced him. He has the entire right. preseason. It would have been nice had the Steelers started him in Philly so we could see mm-hmm. exactly how he would do with, you know, facing a, a, a starting defense with, an offensive line that was playing as poorly as ours was in that first quarter. They were playing terrible. Yeah. They were playing awful. Awful. You know, and then, you know, you get you get Kevin Dotson coming in with the second teamers and Dan Moore, who outplayed Chukes Okorafor. I'm sorry he did. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, those two come in and, and they're protecting Haskins a lot better than, than Rudy got protection. And I listen, I am no Mason Rudolph defendant at all I, I i'm not that guy i think he i think he sucks mm-hmm. um i it would be very very nice if mason made me eat my words but sure. i think we've seen we've seen what he is and this this is it and he you know at best he's landry jones he is he is kent graham only he's <laughs> he's less confident he's a less confident kent graham he's slow uh... in the pocket he he needs people to be wide open. I I have a feeling that he doesn't have a lot of, of confidence in his own ability to either get the ball where it needs to be unless the guy is open or 
read defenses. And unless he sees a one-on-one outside mm-hmm. or a guy running open in the middle of the field, he just doesn't have the confidence to throw the ball. It drives me bonkers. And Constantly uh, checking down the ball. Constantly. Yes. Oh, God. Oftentimes checking it before he even needs to check it. And and by the way, you youngsters out there, you can Google uh, Kent Graham if you really want to know. Uh, Ian, go ahead. Oh, that was that was one of the big things for me was that you know Haskins is not a mobile quarterback by any stretch, but no. he has enough foot quickness that he can evade rushers and yep. just take those one or two steps where Mason looks like he's wearing concrete shoes. Haskins isn't Lamar Jackson. He's not going to get out and run, but at the same time, he can get away from pressure enough. And I mean, for better or worse, he's got that gunslinger mentality. I mean, that touchdown he threw, he kept his eyes up downfield. Mason would have checked that down as soon as he saw pressure. Haskins rolled out of the pocket, kept his eyes down the field and found an open guy. Um, You know, it's, it's just the difference between the two of them. Haskins, I saw him make throws into windows that Mason never would have thrown into. Now, granted, throws into tight windows can lead to interceptions. So, yep. you, like we've always talked about with Ben, sometimes you got to take the good with the bad. He's going to try and fit it into tight windows, and sometimes it gets tipped, sometimes it gets picked, sometimes, you know. Um, ben has I, the arm. Haskins has the arm. That's yes. why those guys yeah. will attempt the tight windows. They have that that belief in themselves because they've done it. Mason yeah, can't do it because he doesn't have the arm. No, That's the difference right, right there. I agree. And and I'll say this. Haskins has certainly shown enough to make this team. I don't think there's a question in my mind that he makes this team. You know, when we first signed him, we talked about, like, this is a low-risk signing. If it doesn't work mm-hmm. out, they can cut him for nothing. He is, has certainly shown enough that he deserves to be on this 53-man roster. So is 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 Dobbs odd man out then? Um, barring a situation where the Steelers get an offer too good to pass up for Rudolph from some QB desperate team, I think so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I know Ben likes having Dobbs on the sideline because Dobbs is a very intelligent guy, and you know can can relay back to Ben what he's seeing very well. I don't think Mason does that nearly as well. Um, so, I mean, maybe they get Dobbs through to the practice squad because they can keep 16 guys there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, after after the Hall of Fame game, I was like, well, you know, maybe Mason's the odd guy out and they keep Dobbs and then Dobbs goes out and throws that interception. I'm like, whew, that was, that was bad. <laughs> that, was, that was really bad. That was a bad decision. I, I didn't was. know what the hell he was seeing, especially for a smart guy. That was weird. I was like, what were you – what was that? <laughs> What uh yeah. Dobbs is yeah. wicked smart. I was like, what the yeah. hell was that? Well yeah. What, what what do they say? The smartest presidents have often been the worst. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, okay, that's fair. Ben, what uh <laughs> you you mentioned Jameer Jones a little while ago. Uh any any other guys that that kind of you know stood out to you on Thursday? Well, Tim Tebow getting cut stood out to me. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Sorry, I had to go there. Um, uh, 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 Mark Gilbert in the Steelers defensive backfield. I he's another one. I mean, there there are a lot of guys, in my opinion, on this team this year that need a year. And if mm-hmm. they could, if they can catch on for a year, even as a practice squad player and develop, um, Antoine Brooks did last year. Yeah, you know, and granted he was a drafted player, but there are there are a bunch of guys at the back end of of the depth charts here that if they get a year and they can grow within the system, they might become players, and I'd like to see them stick around. I don't see anybody there. Well, Isaiah Loudermilk on the defensive line, but he mm-hmm. got drafted. So I think, you know, yeah. given the fact that they traded a fourth Trade. rounder next year to draft him this year, they like him a lot. Yep. And I think he's played pretty well, granted against, All right. against uh, he's played pretty well against poor opposition. Right. He has he has exceeded my expectations, which he really were, has admittedly too. were very low. I mean, you know, I uh, he was one of those guys I didn't really see a whole lot in him coming out in the draft, and a lot of people, 
like barely had you know fringe draftable grades on him like seventh rounder udfa and then the steelers trade a future fourth to take him in the the fifth round and they're you know getting panned for it mm-hmm. and then uh, but i mean he he looks like a guy who can play and i'm i'm pleasantly impressed with him i'll put it yeah. that way Same. i i think he uses his length to his advantage which i didn't really see when i looked at the guy after they drafted him i was like He's got this weird body type with his short torso and long legs, and mm-hmm. he doesn't really have long arms for a guy who's that tall. But he's using his length somehow, and it's it's just working out for him. I, you know, great, good for him. Um, but he's probably like the seventh defensive lineman right now, and they're not going to keep seven. No, so I don't know how that's really going to work out. Uh, I think Chris Wormley has this team has this team made easily. He's a lock. Um, I thought he played very well versus the Eagles. Um, it's either going to be Bugs or Carlos Davis, not right. both. No, yep. um, I hope Henry Mondo gets cut. He sucks, yeah. but they like him. No. Um, they like him. Yeah, no, I know. They do. They, they... Um, I think Trey Norwood could be a player, but, I mean, he's the backup free safety right now. Mm-hmm. He's going to make the team in all likelihood, and I'm not sure he should. He's a guy I'd rather see I'd rather see on the practice squad for a year developing yes, than this team. Um, Mark Gilbert I already mentioned. Um, yeah. Arthur Millette, uh, who probably has a teammate anyway. I think they're going to keep six corners. They're going to they're gonna play four corners a lot, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And that being the case, you know, where they were, they would have played four corners a lot before they traded for Schobert. Now it's kind of all up in the air. It's kind of hard for me to figure it out. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, I thought you guys were going to play dime defense a bunch with six DBs. Now I'm not so sure. Now I'm kind of wondering what you're going to do. If you're going to try and be more versatile, right. what what exactly you're going to, you know, what direction you're going to go. Um, along the offensive line, uh, Rashad Coward has been a pleasant surprise to me. Okay. Um, Joe Hag sucks. <laughs> uh, he does. Well, we we kind of knew that coming in. Uh, he does. Uh, yeah. How PFF has graded him as one of their top five oh. highest graded offensive linemen in the preseason. I have no idea. It's just another. It's one more thing that proves that PFF grades are a fucking joke. I'm sorry. They are very good at accumulating and processing data points. That's it. Their grading system sucks. Um, uh, Seconded. So on the offensive line, I mean, I think we got Okorafor, Dotson, Kendrick Green, uh, Trey Turner, Zach Banner, and Dan Moore are your top six. Moore probably starts as your swing tackle, but if Chuk sucks, I could see Moore becoming a starter. Like Right. You know, how how many games did they give Mike Adams? Three, four before that that disaster in London. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I could see more overtaking a core for I mean, let's not forget a core is in the last year of his rookie deal. He's playing for yep. a contract here. Yep. And Dan Moore, they just drafted. And at some point, if Chuke sucks, they might just say, Let's put the rookie in there, let him learn on the job take right. his lumps and see what mm-hmm. happens in a core mm-hmm. gone next year. Because um, at a certain point it becomes, you know. It's not going to get worse. That yeah, was what right. Tomlin was talking about early in camp. He was like, yeah, I know. I got a bunch of young guys. But, I mean, how much worse can it really get? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, he when was then, basically acknowledging that his offensive line was terrible last season. And they yeah. were. Yep. Yeah. I mean, David DeCastro and, even talked about it. He said, we're not even doing the bare minimum right now. We're not even doing that. <laughs> right. No. And he was yep. right on. Yeah. He was dead on. I think, I think that, that Rashad Coward has this team made. I think BJ um, Finney think, has this team made too. I think Finney's looked a lot better this year than he did last year. I think Finney's your swing guard center to start backup guard center. Okay. Potentially. Yeah. But then does half an hour get cut or is he still there? Well, I mean, the, w- the way I'm looking at it is out of Hassenhauer, Coward, Haig, and LeGlue, maybe two of, two of the four make it. So, I mean, you know, that gives I, you nine or 10 guys. Well, I don't yeah, think LeGlue sticks. Keep they no. always keep nine. Uh, I don't nice think Leglu nice. makes <laughs> Thank it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I yeah. I, I don't think Leglu makes it. I uh, no. I don't. You know, know, my question is, who are the four behind the top five? And 
I've got Dan Moore. They're going to keep Joe Hegg. That's seven. Coward Probably. and either Finney or Hassenauer, and that's it. So, I mean, it, it becomes a numbers game at center, and they're going to keep the guy they think is best, and I'm not sure it's Finney. I, I mm-hmm. like Finney better at guard than I do at center. Yes, we, we all do. Yep. Um, and they need a backup center. So I don't know, man. Um, it's it's going to be very me. interesting how they they chunk those guys together for their final yeah. roster. I, I'm really curious to see what You know where do. else it really is interesting is is running back. I yeah. mean, Oh, yes, big time. You know, I, I think that McFarland is going to be your guy who's your, your trick play guy. He's yeah. got the team made. Uh, Najee Harris, obviously. Um, Jalen Samuels. By the way, Najee looked really – I mean, we know Najee's good, but he looked really good against the Eagles and just got – unfortunately, you know, his numbers didn't look it because of holding penalties on the offensive line. Right. I mean, right. he, he – yeah, he, he's we, – we knew he's a player. I mean, I, I'm saying things we already know, but, yeah. you know, yeah. It, it, he, well, two two things – Two things did jump out at me watching that game, though. One, he needs to stop hurdling players oh, the in, hurdling. in preseason games. Yeah. Yeah. He needs to knock that shit off. It's a preseason. And two, it would be really nice if Mason Rudolph didn't throw him into oh, big hits. God. Tell me you both didn't cringe when you saw oh, that I hit. Did. Oh, I yeah. tweeted immediately. Hey, Rudy. It was like, hey, Rudy, what show. the fuck is wrong with you? God. I, yeah. I, can we anyway, Jalen Samuels did some nice things in the game, but I still don't think he makes the team. Um, Kalen Balazs, if it's me, he's your backup. But it, they're not asking me. Right. And right. Benny Snell has been non-existent. In the non-existent. But, but isn't he the type of guy that you would the Steelers just keep around? He reminds me of that kind of guy. Well, he hasn't done anything, but they're going to keep him anyway. I, I think they're only going to keep that four running Trey backs. Edmonds for years. Though. Yes. They, well, exactly. Trey Edmonds will go to the practice squad again for sure because he's Trey Edmonds. Um, right. I think they keep four running four running backs and a fullback. Yeah. Can can I jump back to Najee for a minute? Because I, yeah, I wasn't yes. on after the Hall of Fame game because I went right. and played Terraforming Mars with my friends, which is a great game that everyone should spend three hours of their life playing. Mm-hmm. Um at any rate no idea um, what you just said but go ahead it's a board game and it's amazing oh okay Um, at any rate uh there was a play in the hall of fame game where it was a play action pass i think rudy was the quarterback Mm -hmm. and Najee took the play action and then started blocking a blitzer coming off the edge and then one of the inside guys lost his block and Najee worked his guy over to the middle and starts blocking not only the blitzing corner with one arm, but the defensive lineman coming up the middle with his other arm, blocking two guys at once. And then Rudy like throws it away or checks it down or does something stupid. Right. With it. But I was just like, holy crap, he's blocking two guys at once in a preseason game. Like yeah. he will literally do whatever it takes. Harris, and, yeah. Harris is not a great blocker yet. I saw that play too, and and mm-hmm. I was, yeah, I was really really impressed. He's got will. He's got the want to that you need to be a great pass protector, and he's going to be good at it. He's going to be better than Le'Veon Bell was, and he was damn good at he's it. He's good. Yeah, he was yeah. damn good at it. And I, I'm just saying, man. That guy has want to. I mean, absolutely. Last one off the practice field today. It isn't just that he's super talented. He's a good person. Oh, man. It certainly helps. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Great mentality. And he's, again, he's not a great pass protector yet, but he's going to be next year. He's going to whoop some ass. People are going to be like, whoa, we just want blitz against the Steelers. Uh, all right. Before we uh, wind things down here, um, don't forget uh, the Steelers did issue a statement uh, uh, this week stating that uh, all fans and attendance at the game on Saturday against the Lions, if you are in any of the indoor areas, you'll need to have your mask on. If you're outside in your seat at the game, watching the game, you, you won't need it. But if you're going, just keep that in mind. But um uh, Ian, what what are you looking for this week? I, I was kind of hoping it was going to be Haskins getting the start so we could see him against the ones. Uh, instead, they're going to go with Ben Roethlisberger and then and then probably Mason and then oh Haskins, that guy. But 
gosh. Yeah. What uh, what are you what are you looking for this week uh, specifically, Ian? So definitely want to see more progress from the offensive line. Yeah. Um, you know, we've we've seen some flashes here and there, but but definitely some more progress. Um, and the the running backs, you know, I agree with Ben. I think McFarland has the team made. Um, and you know, maybe Benny Snell gets on the field and between Jalen Samuels and Kalen Bellage, like mm-hmm. Bellage has a lot more in the hall of fame game. He showed a lot more power and inside running ability than I thought he had. I thought he was more of a, you know, outside scat back kind of guy, but he, he's he a showed big a guy. Lot more poison Falls forward vision. all the time too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, poison vision up the middle than I thought he had. So that was, that was interesting to me. I mean, we'll probably get our first look at Joe Schobert. Um, and it's, it's so hard to judge these, these cornerbacks too, because they're playing so much off coverage. You know, they, they're playing so much, they played a little bit more press in the Eagles game, but, um, you know, the hall of fame game, they were playing, you know, 15 yard cushions and cover two the whole game (laughs) would have made uh, Dwayne Washington proud. Um, Dwayne Toast Washington. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, the, the old joke was that after Chad Scott and Dwayne Washington retired, they went out and opened a furniture store that was the home of the 15-yard cushion. But uh, <laughs> That's right. I yeah. like Dwayne Washington. I don't, I don't. I honestly don't know. I mean, I still remember that game versus Jacksonville where he had two pick sixes, and I was like, ha, 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 fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> he, he bounced back nicely. I'll say yeah. that. But yeah, I mean, we, we talked about Gilbert. Um, you know, Lafayette Pitts had an interception this past week. Justin Lane, I don't know what to think of him. He's he's not good in coverage, but he's produced turnovers in both games. I mean, he gave up that fourth down pass in the Hall of Fame game, but then stripped it out for a fumble. He had an interception, more or less, fall right into his lap in against mm-hmm. Philly. So, you know, he's he's fringe to me. James Pierre looks like your top backup on the outside right now. For sure. Um, yeah. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I want to see more out of Arthur Millette. He really hasn't impressed me in the slot yet. But I mean, like, who else do they have? I mean, I guess Antoine Brooks, who didn't play last week. So, um, you know, we'll maybe get some of Brooks too. I, I mean, I just want to see more progression and um, you know, some, maybe some clarity on some of these, these roster battles, which we obviously won't get, you know, there'll be guys who make good plays, guys who make bad plays. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it, it really comes down to special teams. It's going to be who makes plays on special teams to get on the roster. And um, you know, maybe they keep six wide receivers, maybe, you know, white or bussy or Sexton, uh, Johnson had that touchdown catch. So yeah. yeah, it's 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 really hard to say who makes the roster. Um, but really, let's see, let's see uh Jordan Barry and Presley Harvin go at it too, because Harvin <laughs> got the first game, Barry got the second game. So I'm I'm team Harvin Hive here. That's a that's a heavyweight battle going on right now. Those two. Uh, Harvin's uh, making the team. It, I think so too. It's just it's about it's not just about ball placement, it's about hang time. Yeah, the guys, the yeah. guy is booting these punts that are 4.9, 5 seconds, five point one. You get five seconds to run down the field. Yeah, that's unbelievable. You're in the guy's face before he catches it. There, there is no return. Yeah, you, you, you're, yeah, you're making a damn sandwich by the time that ball comes down. Yeah, I, I mean that, that's yeah, that's order big a pizza, have it delivered, eating the first bite. Oh yeah, I'm gonna tackle you too while I'm down here. <laughs> it, uh, yeah. Anything you're looking for uh, this weekend, Ben? I, I Ian already alluded to this. I'd like to see more progress from the offensive line. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. We knew, we knew it mm-hmm. wasn't going to be pretty. Okay. Yeah. The the tackles are even worse than I thought they were going to be. Um, Kendrick Green has been a pleasant surprise so far, although he did get trucked yes, once. He, did. he he got trucked pretty bad by uh uh Javon. <laughs> yes it was he he, he he absolutely got trucked i mean he he got driven right back into mason it was it was not pretty um and trey turner didn't look all that good in this game in my opinion zach banner didn't play so it's no. kind of hard to judge where he's at chooks looked awful yeah I, uh hopefully he gets his bearing kevin dotson whoops some ass and apparently is taking snaps with the ones all week again mm-hmm. all day again this week so he's expected to start 
Um, so that's good, you know. Uh, right. And and yeah, I mean, I know that some people are like, why is Ben even playing in this game? Ben is playing in a new offense. Yeah. And Ben always starts the year a little bit rusty because he never plays in the preseason. Mm-hmm. So I'm all for Ben playing, getting some playing time. I, I'm not bitching about this at all. I'm glad he's playing. I, in normal circumstances, I'd agree with you. I just I thought this was a good opportunity. Of course, they could have done it last week, as I think Ian was yeah, saying. But I, you know, I, I would like to see Haskins. But I, I mean, basically, I they 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 already know Haskins is yes. making this team. Okay, yep, that's true. So that's there's true. there's kind of no point in saying, hey, let's see what he can do with the ones. Who cares? Um, yeah. He's making the team. He's not going to be. I'm sorry, Steelers fans. Dwayne Haskins is not going to be the backup. Um, no, not, it, no, it's going to be no. Mason as much as we hate him. And as much as he sucks, the Steelers believe he's steady and they want to keep him. So he's your backup this season. Haskins is going to be the guy that they're going to develop. That is a pretty enviable depth chart. When you got a, a third team guy, who's as good as Dwayne Haskins, you're in good shape. Um, certainly don't have duck Hodges, a practice squad quarterback. <laughs> who's you know, going to be in there as a third-team guy. Uh, outside of that, I already mentioned Mark Gilbert. Uh, Shakira Brown, I'd like him to do something. Uh, yeah. That's just, uh, just there. Who was supposed to get drafted as high as potentially the third round, didn't get drafted at all. Mm-hmm. The Steelers went, okay, yeah, we'll take you. Let's sign you. And he hasn't done dick. Um, Mir Jones, Quincy Roche, I expect them to keep whooping ass against – inferior competition yeah. yeah they're just they're better than those second and third team guys they're playing against and they're rookies so it's really cool to see and it's yeah, exciting very promising and that's um, how you earn more reps you kick the ass of the guy in front of you and then you exactly. get to play against somebody better that and you learn to set the edge and actually cover it in the flat but they can't really <laughs> do that very well yet but they'll learn they, learning they can is rush good the passer they can rush the passer and and I wouldn't say that Jones really has many pass rush, pass rush moves yet, but Roche already does. Yeah, good and hands. He's a really rookie. good hands. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I knew Roche had good burst off the edge, but he's got some moves too. He's I got mean, moves. Yeah. yeah. He mm-hmm. he like he baits tackles before he. Yeah. That's oh, a veteran. Man, I'm move. like, I'm like, okay. And granted, he's an older player for a rookie. He he was a fifth year senior, but still, man, so how, how did that dude last until the sixth round? Like that's crazy. I know, I know, it's great. We got lucky. Um, outside of that, yeah, I'd like to see Arthur Millette do a little more. Uh, I thought he played better in the Hall of Fame game than he did last week. Um, he didn't do much with the opportunity as a starter mm-hmm. to challenge Antoine Brooks, who I'm not very impressed with either, to be perfectly frank. So that was kind of disappointing. I really expected him to to capitalize on that opportunity and and show that he should be the guy at nickel, and he didn't. Um, and I I hope Cassius Marsh does little enough that the Steelers <laughs> realize that he sucks and he can't help them win games and they cut him. Uh, I'm going to just go ahead and say I agree with everything you said. Um, there's really Cop nothing. Out. Yeah, there's nothing much for me to add. I, I will say the one thing I'm watching more than anything is probably that that slot corner, that nickel corner spot. Uh, ben alluded to it just a second ago. I, I don't know that either Brooks or Millette has done anything to make me say, oh, yeah, he's the guy. Um, so that that's what I'm going to be paying attention to, and and um, we'll, we'll uh, be back in a week to cover it all and uh, I'll let you know what we thought of the game against the Lions. It's the Steelers' only preseason home game of the year. And uh, anyway, then they'll finish up against Carolina for like the 88th straight year, um, which they always seem to do. So, of course, yeah. not 88, but something like that. Anyway, uh, this is every uh, year that Tomlin's been the coach. Yes, it's been a long time, long time tradition. They, they should give away tradition. a trophy. <laughs> they should give away a trophy for that game yeah. for you the know? preseason game. Are you kidding yes. me? The carpet Why? trophy. I like it. The carpet trophy. Like the uh, Edmund Fitzgerald trophy that the uh, Browns and Lions have? <laughs> the shipwrecks, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, no, there's there's an actual, like, bronze boat trophy. Yes. That what, two disaster of a franchise. Well, I mean, it's it's so fitting. The two disaster franchises disaster fight over franchise, a trophy. Yes. 
that's made out of a boat that sunk yeah. in Lake in uh, was well, it Superior? Yeah. Yes. All they need is Gordon Lightfoot to come out at halftime and sing the song. I mean, My kids love that song. It, oh, it's a great song. Yeah. Seriously. November, November 10th, 1975. Played every year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's it's haunting. Haunting. Uh, anyway, I'm going to leave you on that note. Uh, signing off for uh, Ben and Ian. This is Steel Dad. You've been listening to the SCB Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. And hey, go Steelers. Ravens suck.